we've got today our guest speaker, Dov Bikas, who's the founder of the Aviv Ministry in Israel. So welcome, Dov. And I thought I'd start with just a psalm that I felt that was good to share for us to, to hear today. Psalm 121, and it says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. And the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and evermore. Amen. So I thought, Dov, we could um, just start with a bit about yourself and how you came to Israel. Okay, so I'm uh, 62 years old, 63, I will become in June. And uh, me and my older brother and my parents, we immigrate, made Aliyah to Israel in 1971, it's more than 50 years ago. I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, we uh, both, my parents are Jewish, uh, Holocaust survivors, and when we always were uh, Zionists at my family, when I was growing up, we often spoke about about Israel. That, and, and also living there uh, in Lithuania, from Lithuania, former Soviet Union. <clears throat> I, I was born there, I went to school there, but I, I always felt a stranger. I, I, I never felt that, uh, that it's actually my, my home. And I was always uh, dreaming about uh, Israel. It was like the promised land for me. And then when we had the opportunity, so my family decided to go, to leave everything behind. And it was the happiest day of my life. What did your family do over there? Did they do for work or? Uh, yeah, they, it was not easy. Uh, immigration, it's, it's always, uh, it's very tough. Even Israel, it's our homeland, but but we were still foreigners also here and immigrants. So, so life was quite uh, uh, tough. My, my father, he found a job and he worked very long hours. And also my mother, uh, she tried to work here and there, but, but she, she also was uh, from a very young age, she was um, depressed. Um, she kind of she, she didn't feel much at home. She was missing her uh, relatives, and uh, and my father also he had a drinking problem. He was struggling with uh, alcohol. He he was working. He took care of the family, but most of the days he was uh, he was drunk, and it was not easy for her. So. So the the family situation was quite uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and also, you know, when 
even for me, the immigration, I was 12 years old, but I went to Israeli school, but, uh, but I mean, I didn't adjust so well. And, and uh, like, uh, like back in Soviet Union, they would call us uh, dirty Jews. We are dirty Jews, and when we came to Israel, we became dirty Russians. So the Israelis, they didn't like us uh, yeah. also. So I felt like rejected, and then I, I didn't like the school. And so from very young age, I was uh, most of the time uh, spending most of the time with my uh, friends. Uh, friends were same like me, uh, also immigrants. So from very young age, I, I begin, you know, smoking cigarettes, and alcohol, and little drugs, and uh, little crimes, and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't very, very well. Sure. Quite tough. So how do you find yourself from that situation to now being a follower of Yeshua? How did could you tell me a bit more about your testimony on how you found the Lord? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I went to the Israeli army for three years, and um, I have an older brother, and, and my brother he was living in a lot. He worked in a hotel. So after the army, I went to live with him in a lot and it's happened it's very interesting that uh, our neighbors where i lived with my brother was a family from colombia also immigrants and and they became believers in jesus and before we used to smoke hashish together and have fun and then suddenly they changed so i couldn't really understand what, what happened. And and then one day, we still remain friends. And one day I was really depressed. I felt really bad, disappointed with, la with life. And then the lady that, uh, that became a believer from that Colombian family, she asked me if, if I want to pray. But, but, you know, for me, for me, I, I, I grew up in a very uh, Jewish home. Uh, not very orthodox, secular, but very Jewish, uh, strong identity. And, uh, and because also both of the parents, they are uh, Holocaust survivors, and then we suffered a lot from anti-Semitism back in Russia. So, and for me, in my understanding, it was all connect connected to Christianity, like, Okay, we are, we are Jews and we are persecuted by the, by Christians. And in my understanding, all, all the European white skin, they, they were all uh, Christians. I, I didn't know the difference between evangelical, born again Christians, Catholic, like everybody were Christians and I knew that they hated me. So I hated them. I, I wasn't a religion. Person, I didn't believe in God. I was atheist, secular, but 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 Christianity was my enemy. So I didn't want nothing with them. But but then that day I was so so much desperate and I felt so so bad, so depressed. 
So I said to myself, you know, I, I don't care, like, if it will be Jesus or who somebody else, you know. I I will try. Maybe I will I will I will start feeling a little bit better. I was only 25 years old, and uh, so we prayed, and nothing really happened. But after a while, uh, that Colombian family they start having a home Bible study at home, at their apartment, a Bible study, and the one who came to teach, it's uh, John Pex, it's a, a Dutchman who lives in a lot, he owns the the shelter hostel, then I met I met John uh, but I, I was not interested in, in Christianity and then he invited me invited me to the shelter hostel, it's a Christian hostel, so I I start uh, uh, coming there to the to the shelter and to the hostel, and it was a youth hostel, so so I met a lot of youth there, young people, uh, uh, Christians from all over the world, volunteers or guests that came to the to the hostel, and I, I used to come there almost every day, and and I really like you know because I I uh, I suddenly I met uh, uh, I was meeting young people, and. Uh, you know, me in those days to be a little bit happy and not depressed, I need to use alcohol, drugs, parties, pubs, and then I meet these these young people, and and their eyes were shining. They were very, they looked very happy. They were laughing and having fun, and they did they didn't need alcohol or drugs. They were just they were just happy, and, and they. They were very nice to me. Like I, I always came, and they always treat me, treat me nicely. But, but still, um, I, I like to spend time with them. But I didn't want to hear nothing about the Bible and uh, and Christianity. And David, interesting thing that I think most of the people they, they even not aware of it that. Uh, uh, 99%, I would say, of the Israelis, even today, they are not aware, they don't know that the Christian Bible, the, the, the Old Testament, it's the, it's the translation of their Tanakh. The Jewish, they, they don't know it. The Jewish people, even the educated one, they don't, they don't know. They think that the, the Christian Bible, it's like the Quran or it's something, but it's it's not. They don't know that that actually the Christian, the Christians believe in the in the Tanakh, in, in the in the God of Israel. So I didn't know too, and I remember that first time somebody gave me a Bible. I was on a beach, and somebody gave me a Christian Bible in in, in a Russian language, and and then I I dropped this to the garbage, you know, as a, as a Jewish, you know. <laughs> I was not I was not allowed to keep a Bible. So 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 I was I was going there to the to the place, to the Christian hostel. I liked the people, but I didn't want to have nothing with Christianity. I, I, I didn't want to even touch the Bible. It was for me like unclean. And and then if a Jewish person become a believer in Jesus, 
you you betrayed your own uh, 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 nation. And then and then what's happened? Very interesting. Uh, one day uh, in the shelter there are there are lots of uh, shelves with books everywhere, and I like uh, to read books. So I found a book, and uh, I didn't know it was a New Testament. It was the New Testament, the four gospel, in the in the modern translation, and on the cover it didn't. It was not written that it's a New Testament. It had another name. So I picked the book and I'm reading a little bit. And it's about Yeshua. Yeshua was mentioned. So I said to myself, okay, everybody speak about Yeshua. This is a story about Yeshua. I, w- I will read it maybe to, to know a little bit more. But I didn't know that I was reading the New Testament without knowing that I'm reading the New Testament. And if I would know that the, I'm reading the New Testament, I would never read it. And so, and then I, I start the Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, and then when I didn't understood anything, the, the four chapters, I, I, didn't, I didn't understood what is it all about. And I came to the Sermon on the Mount, and it's really touched my heart. And uh, it, it, like I understood that the words Jesus teach, and he was telling, like a normal uh, human being l- like me, you know, I understood that Jesus is some, he's from above. Like I had, I had this understanding. And so I started to read the Sermon on the Mount uh, the whole day. I was actually reading those uh, three chapters. I, I like so much, you know, what, what he was saying. And, and then I received, uh, Peace in my heart, and and my life begin uh, just by reading. My my life start changing. Uh, I stopped using drugs. Uh, I didn't went to rehab center or something. Okay, I was not on heavy drugs, ashish, uh, but still it's it's addiction, alcohol, cigarettes. I was dressed a little bit like a hippie, and then. Like in a one week, I, I, I changed completely. I received uh, peace and, and love, and I became a happy person. Wow. And how did you find your life after uh, finding Jesus? Was, was there like an instant sort of change? I know you said about you stopped doing drugs, but was there sort of new people that came into your life or new job opportunities? or? Yeah. After I found Yeshua, uh, uh, John Pex, he, I didn't work that time. Like I was 25 years old and uh, I never had a, a serious job. I, I thought that the, the purpose of life is just having fun and parties. And, and then uh, John invited me to become a volunteer in the, in the shelter. So I became a volunteer. I was not living there. I still live with my brother, but I would come every morning and I never done anything serious with my life until, until then. 25 years old, I had nothing. Uh, all was empty. I, I didn't know nothing about discipline. I, I didn't know how to work. Yeah, I was, uh, and then I became a volunteer in the shelter, and and, uh, and I understood even later on that this is actually was now we work with drug addicts and we have 
rehab centers. And only now I'm I'm understanding that that year that I spent in the in the shelter, it was my rehabilitation uh, progress. I learned to work, to take responsibility, to clean. Uh, and we had uh, lots of uh, Bible reading, lots of Bible studies, and it, it was my uh, my best uh, year, I can say, yeah? uh, that I, I, I did mo- most of my reading in the Bible. I was all burning for, for Jesus. I was so, I was so, so happy. And after one year, I, I went uh, to to study to become a cook. Uh, so I did that, and then I worked for for a few years in uh, in the hotels, restaurants as a cook. And and then I hurt my back. I started having uh, problems with my back and I couldn't work anymore physically and uh, I started having some money as a handicap from the uh, social welfare and then it it was actually um, early 90s uh, um, and it was the time of the big aliyah to Israel the, the communism broke down and Jewish people start return, returning home and many of them also came came to a lot and then I found myself in a in the midst of the of a ministry um, because I knew uh, uh, the languages I knew I spoke Russian and I spoke Hebrew so so we started helping the new immigrants to to find job, to find apartment. Uh, they couldn't read Hebrew. Uh, I would translate for them documents, and I was busy from the morning to the evening uh, helping the new immigrants. And and while we were helping, we also uh, we were also evangelizing a lot and giving them Bibles and books and and. Uh, Many, many start coming to the to the meetings, to the church. Uh, many became believers. The, the Russian Jews, they were very open to the gospel. And I also met my wife. She was one of the people I helped. She came with her mother from Ukraine, and I started helping them. And then we fell in love, and I got married. And also... With John, we were uh, once a week. We would travel all over Israel, uh, giving out the uh, Bibles, evangelizing to the to the Russians. You know, uh, Israelis, native Israelis, they they, they don't want to hear anything about Jesus. But the Russians, they were open. So so for a couple of years, we every week we made a trip. And we traveled all over markets and cities and uh, gave a lot, a lot of Bibles, Bibles. And then what happened that uh, in the early 90s, the Messianic uh, congregations in Israel, they were located only in the large cities like uh, Natania, Haifa, Beersheba, Tel Aviv, Tiberias. But not in the small cities. There were very small number of believers in Israel. 
maybe two thousands, and only in the in the small cities. And the Russians, they were living in the cheap cities, in the small cities, most of them. So we would go there, we would give out Bibles, meet people who are open, meet people uh, uh, who are just became believers back in Russia or Ukraine, but they didn't have a, a congregation, a church where to go. And, and they couldn't also travel to the big cities because they were poor and they didn't have the private vehicles. And on Shabbat, most of the meetings, church meetings in Israel on Shabbat, and on, on Shabbat there is no public transportation. So I I started having a very heavy burden for for all those people. We would go there for two days, uh, visit them, and then leave them leave them back. And and one day I remember on one of the tours, a couple of years uh, later, I met a man who was uh, the director of a mission that called the Christian Missionary Alliance. And, and Christian Missionary Alliance, they are also located in Israel. They have an office, they have workers in Israel, and they are very much into the church planting. And I didn't know much about church planting, but I had a burden for, for, the, for the small small towns. And then uh, his, actually his name is also David, the, the field director of CMA. Like we spoke, I shared with him my burden about the small cities. And then he told me, if your pastor John will let you go, like release you from, from a lot. And I was, in a lot, I was very busy with the community there, the Russians. I was already in a full-time ministry there. So David told me, John, let you go. We will take care of you and you can start planting uh, congregations work with the people in the in the in the Negev, and so John gave me a blessing, and I moved with my with my family. And after a couple of years, we already had uh, five home churches in the in the Negev, five different towns, five home churches, some with small 10, 15 people, and then. Like Karad and Dimona, we had like 40, 50 people each. And I was just uh, even not a pastor. I didn't know what I'm doing. I was a new believer myself. So it was very interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like a lot of work for, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you kind of transition from going to that job? into more of running your own ministry with the Aviv ministry. How did that happen? Yeah, so so we started church, we, we moved, you know, we were living in Arad and we started church in our home and many people came and it was, I mean, it was very successful. It was, it was growing, it, it, it was good, but what happened, we, by then we had we had a son, one son, uh, Yossi, and uh, and he had a muscular dystrophy. It's a, it's a very terrible disease. Yeah. 
and uh, you know it's it's weakness so he was very weak and, uh, it's progressive also so by the age of six seven uh, he couldn't go anymore to a regular school because he was always uh, falling and uh, the other kids they didn't uh, treat him very well and and then we understood that Yossi have to go to a special school for for handicapped children. So so it was no no school uh, for him in the Negev. He didn't found one. We found a nice school in Tel Aviv. So I spoke to my leadership, and they you know they told me that family is your priority. You have to take care of your family. Family have to be happy. So we moved to to live in the Tel Aviv area that my son will be able to go to school. And then on the weekends, I drove uh, back to Beersheba. We had two congregations, two larger ones, one in Arad and one in Beersheba. So I would drive there on a Shabbat and most of the week I would spend in Tel Aviv area. And and then I thought, okay, I will... uh, you know, if I I thought I'm having this church planting gift, so I thought, okay, so I will plant now. You know, I moved, I will plant more more churches in the area that I'm living now. But the Russians, they were not uh, so much open anymore to the gospel. It's kind of it stopped. And then we decided that we will go to South Tel Aviv. South Tel Aviv, it's a it's a area a very special. Uh, neighborhood district uh, in uh, in Tel Aviv where most of the people there they are addicts alcoholic homeless refugees uh, prostitutes uh, very miserable area and, and then we thought like the parable about the feast if the wealthy are not coming we will go to the outcast so we went to the outcast and then we found out uh, that I don't know how to explain it, but the drug addicts, we found out that they're very much open to the gospel, much more and the, and the regular people. And that's how we, why and how we begin our ministry. 2004, it started. And it's still continuing to this day. Still continue and developing. Uh, we started with, uh, just with a table, uh, with some coffee, tea, sandwiches, and uh, and now we have a soup kitchen with about um, 50 volunteers from all over Israel. They come from different uh, churches, rehab centers, all Christian. Um, uh, we open... Um, Every day, sometimes twice a day, and uh, like we are giving out every month maybe two thousand meals uh, at least. And we became very popular in the in the neighborhood, and and the volunteers. It's interesting; they come from different denominations, and and we have really good relationship between between the the group. Like Aviv Ministry, we are like the platform; we are renting the place. We do the maintenance, we pay the bills and everything, and we allow the other rehab centers or churches to come with their own volunteers, their own food, 
and serve the, the homeless. So, so it even works both sides because it's good for the people on the street. And I believe that it's good for the Christians as well because uh, Christianity today, it's, um, I see it's, 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 it's a lot about knowledge. You know, you, they study and study and study and discipleship and it's good, but very little, uh, uh, doing. So we give them, we give them an opportunity here. You know, it's very simple. They can just come. And, and serve the, the homeless, the poor, and so I believe it's it's, it's very important also for the for the believers. Uh, and uh, after a few years, we open a men's center, men rehab in Beersheba. So this is our second project. It's also good. We we are taking the people from the street. They can live with us, and we see that. Many are recovering and getting well. And two years ago, we opened a third uh, project, Adit Ministry. We are having a women's uh, home for victims of uh, sexual and domestic abuse. Uh, so we are having this project. And now we are starting another project. It's a project with the new immigrants helping new immigrants from uh, Ukraine that are coming now in in uh, big uh, numbers to Israel. Well, so you're a busy man. <laughs> on one way, I'm, I'm busy. On another hand, uh, we, have, we have good workers. So I'm, uh, they're, they're, I'm overseeing, uh, I'm, uh, like uh, doing a lot of uh, fundraising and other stuff, but but they are doing the work actually on, on, on the field. Uh, I mean, we are all in contact. We 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 talk. We I'm 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 involved, but uh, but it but it's okay. I mean, we, I, I'm not doing this alone. We have we having a a, a team. And uh, and it's good. And and beside that, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting uh, that uh, you know we we were taking care of my son for 18 years. He died when he was 18. It was very tough. Yeah, I I never really could travel. Uh, each time when I was you know because he always needed me also physical and emotional. You know children with special needs so. I, even I could travel inside the Israel, I always, you know, had the feeling that I have to hurry. You know, I was always hurrying. Like you, like, like if you, for example, you, 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 you go to your work, to your office and you late a little bit. Yeah. And then you drive a little bit faster and you in a little pressure. I had it for 18 years, you know, because they needed me at home. I have to be at home and. So it was always under pressure, and it was always uh, stress, and I was always uh, busy at home. And then when my son passed away, after and me and my wife, he was an, an only child. And me and my wife, we thought, okay, now we will have a little bit freedom for ourselves, or do ministry more, or we can we can travel a little bit. And then my wife got sick, and like. 
for five years she's having back problems. She's not in the wheelchair, but she's handicapped. She's very limited. She can only be on on her feet like 15, 20 minutes. And and I'm still most of the things at home I have to do. Like I'm the cleaning, cooking, laundry, you know, stuff. So I'm again busy and you know, did my duties at home. But amazing that uh, in all that, the the ministry, it's success. You see, I'm, I mean, on one way, I'm very limited. Like, once I was thinking, it's like you you are driving with the brake, you know, handbrake. Like, you want to drive and something, you know, I, I'm always limited with, with my time. I cannot, I cannot uh, go uh, see churches, like, like anybody else, you know, travel, do fundraising. Uh, I'm I'm always limited. Uh, like yesterday, I went to Tel Aviv. I had some visitors, and then I was a little late. And for my wife, it's already creating some pressure, and it's difficult for her to stay alone. And but but still, it's it's amazing that that the ministries it's keep growing, uh, developing. You know, for for large. Large uh, projects, yeah, they're having uh, big budget, uh, very well organized, and with all that handbrake. So, so it's a, uh, it's a real. I see a real uh, uh, miracle, yeah. God's hand in it. But I not, yeah. It's but you don't get the all answers. When you're looking for answers, why and we uh, not always understand why why our life is such 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 way. Yeah, sure. Well, God bless you. You've done amazing work. I can see. I had a look. Well, we know about the the Aviv Center and the women's shelter and the rehab center. I was just wanted to ask you a bit about what what are your kind of main challenges and struggles of running the center and have there been like testimonies or success stories of people coming out of the AV center coming out from drugs and you know being maybe into a, a job in a christian place or is there some sort of a good testimony that we could hear yesterday there are many stories and the uh, interesting thing that uh, in, in Aviv Center in Tel Aviv, uh, most of our uh, volunteers, they are ex-drug uh, addicts. Oh, wow. And then what happened if someone from, from the street, he, 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 uh, you know, he getting in for, for food, and then he meets somebody that, that he thought that this guy dead, he is, he, he dead long time ago because of drugs. And then he see, see him, that the, the person is clean and, and you know for a drug addict to get clean from drugs it's like somebody who was uh, healed from cancer or risen from the dead it's 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 a real uh, miracle and and they can uh, appreciate it so yesterday actually I, there are many stories but I heard I heard a story from one of our uh, volunteers uh, Kirill young man. He said that he was living on the streets of Tel Aviv and using drugs. And he said that it's, it's, it's a very dark place. 
And our soup kitchen, it's, it's, it's nice. We renovate it. It's really, it's a beautiful place and the atmosphere is nice. And it's run by the believers. And he said that he would come every day for an hour and, and he would feel like he came from the darkness to the, to the light. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a place where, where people are praying and, and, uh, you know, and, and you can feel this sense of, uh, of peace also supernatural, usually in such places. So he started coming and coming. And then one day he decided to go to the rehab center. And now he lives in the center for, for six months and he's doing really well. And he's coming now to volunteer and, uh, and we have many, many others who, who got married and who, um, there is another story. Really, it's, I like, I always like to tell the story. There is one, uh, a volunteer. His name is, uh, uh, Leonid. And he also uh, became a believer there in Metas in Tel Aviv. He met other volunteers. He went to the, to the rehab. He recovered. It's happened about seven, eight years ago. He's married. He's having a child and he's having a, a job. And the interesting thing that every uh, Thursday he takes a day off from his job. I mean, on his account, he's not paid for this day off. And, and he's quite a poor, I mean, simple worker. He's not wealthy, he's not rich, but every week he takes a day off. He takes a team of volunteers. He brings them to, to Tel Aviv and they serve the, the, the addicts there. And he's doing this with much love and care. And, and interesting that at, at his workplace, usually, I mean, if you got a job and you will come and tell them that every Thursday that it's not on the weekend, you want an extra day off. I mean, your boss will not be happy with, mm-hmm. with it. But, but his bosses, they have also changed a few of them and they always, they know where he's going. They know who he was and they always uh, respect it and they always allow him to take, to take that day off. So, so yeah, so we, yeah, it's, I believe it's very effective. And, and also we have, uh, we have been also sad stories, many sad stories of people who recovered and then they they went back to drugs and, and even died. So it's it's not always success stories. It's uh, but we are happy for for everyone who was saved. Sure. Yeah, well thank you. Um could we talk a bit more about the rehab center and how how that works and who who goes there? Yeah, uh, we have a home in Beersheba. We rented a house. We have uh, usually only one worker there who runs uh, the the place. He's the director, but he he's actually doing everything: shopping, maintenance. Uh, we, we, we cannot have, you know, like a big team there of workers. We are limited with, 
with our resources. So usually it's one person who run it. And then we have seven to eight uh, clients that live with us. Um, some are staying with us for a couple of years. Alcoholics and drug addicts. Uh, some, they come, come and go. I mean, everyone is on a different condition. Uh, we don't have a special uh, uh, program for them. They just come, stay, um, little discipline, uh, if they're doing well. I mean, it's all uh, depend on their relationship with Jesus. If they become believers, if the Lord is touching their heart and they're growing and they become mature, so so probably they will be success. And if not, then they will fall back to their addiction. And Interesting, David, that, you know, like, I mean, Christian, they can sin, like every one of us, but, and Christians are sinning, yeah? and we all fighting with our addictions and sins and struggle, but what happened with drug addicts and alcoholics, they cannot hide it, you know, like other stuff you can hide, but this you cannot hide. So. Everybody see it immediately, then he have to. And then if you see some other scenes, you like, you fall from one store. But if you use drugs, you, you like, you're falling down from 10, 10 stories building. It's very, very painful. So on one way, it's good. They cannot play a double game. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, uh, they are falling immediately and they will be out of the, of the congregation back to, to streets. So, so it's a real, real uh, struggle. And then they try again and again. And for some of them, it's, uh, it's not easy. Many, they were serious in the beginning. And then like the Pharaoh wants them back to, to Egypt and, mm-hmm. So it's always a, a struggle. So we see sometimes we see success and sometimes we see failures and it's it's painful for us and, and for them. Sure. So on a sort of day today in the rehab centre, would you sit and read the Bible to them and pray with them? How does yeah, that... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I, I started to say that we don't have a special program, but it's a lot yeah. of Bible reading, a lot of prayers, uh, counseling. Uh, uh, the worker we have now, uh, he's very gifted, very mature uh, believer, and he's doing really, really good job. I'm very happy, and uh, and he's helping the 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 men, and we we start seeing some uh, some progress with them yeah it's it's not easy also most of the addicts that i spoke to they're all coming from broken homes you know Mm -hmm. everyone have their own traumas and it's uh, it's not not easy so after a while like three months if we see that they're doing more or less well they're allowed to go and work so they're getting some income and then usually they have a lot of debts to the government. They have to pay money back for all the years they were you know, stealing and 
causing problems, making problems. So, so it's the way out for them. It's it's not easy, but we try to support them and and help them in it. Sure. Well, it's amazing, amazing work that you do, and we we feature some of the the people in the in the prayer bulletin, and we can see their lives changing. It's just it's wonderful to see. Um, I was just going to ask as well about the women's shelter. Do you do the same sort of thing where you read the Bible to them and sit down with them, or is that slightly different? Uh, you know, when a woman goes through through abuse, it's sexual abuse or domestic abuse, then the, the trauma is so uh, severe, it's so so big, and it's affect her uh, the whole life. You know, some, some women they have uh, difficult to wake up in the morning. They're so broken. Most of them on psychiatric medicine. Uh, they are not uh, functioning. They, they cannot. Uh, they cannot work. Yeah, young women, and they're just. Uh, I mean, they're just like a, a broken vessel. So, so I would say for for two years we are we are learning and we try to adjust the. In the beginning, we were trying to. To make to make them to act according to the rules of the of the home, you know, meetings, Bible studies, uh, and it's not always working. I mean, they they wake up, and they don't want to wake up, they feel depressed. Uh, so so now we we feeling like we have to adjust to to them to their to their needs. So most of the work, it I would say, it's one on one, lot of Talking, praying, discipleship, very personal. We have uh, we have Tatiana who is working there. She is uh, the director. It's her job, and we have also a, a volunteer from South Africa that she stays with us for long term. So 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 they are doing they are doing the the work with the with the women. We have. At the moment, uh, three women and two two children. Uh, the house is big, but once we had six women, and it was too much. Like six women in in one home, it's it's too much. They they, I mean they they they're so broken. There's so so many problems, and it's and it's difficult for them to live with each other and. Uh, yeah, it's it's not easy, but it's. Um, um, I see also it's a it's a great blessing that the that the women that live with us that they can stay with us. Otherwise, I don't know what where the, they would go. So. And am I right in thinking that you do you have a relationship with the red carpet ministry, or did you have? Do you know the Anat? Brenner. Yeah, yeah, we are we are very good uh, friends, also personal friends, and we we started more or less in at the same time in Tel Aviv. Uh, we came there to plant a church to mm. Tel Aviv, and Anat with her team, she's from pro life organization, so she came because of the pregnant uh, prostitutes. Yeah, and and then. We and she found us actually. She's having also a center. We were even 
for some period renting the same uh, shop, the same building, having activities in the same place. Mm-hmm. But but then we decided to to that she needs a bigger place for herself because it's a it's a beauty shop, beauty salon. Yeah, so we are yeah we are very much appreciate what she's doing. It's a great ministry. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I mean, I imagine that you would have some sort of connection because you're doing very similar similar work. Um, I was just going to say, do you have any prayer requests for our listeners that we could pass on for your ministry? Yeah, now uh, with the new project with the immigrants, like we are, we are just beginning the project, so we would... Uh, like you to to pray for it uh, also my my relation with pfi it's very interesting uh, i think first time we met maybe i was just in the beginning of my ministry maybe 25 years ago and uh, pfi groups they used to come and visit us like few leaders in in the negev and Beersheba. We would share our prayer needs and then we would sit in small groups and pray like me and with some five or six people from the PFI. And they were praying for us. And I was always amazed how how deeply they understand our needs, like personal, mm-hmm. family, ministry. Like I like never met. They, they pray about things that I was amazed, you know, that the prayer connection, it's, it's, it's very special. So I want to also, you know, uh, say that I'm really thank, thankful to the, to the PFI for the, for the prayer, for the support, for friendship that lasts already for so many years. So, so yeah, we ask you to pray for the new project for, all projects for my for my wife for the family uh, situation and uh, and also like the the ministry that we are doing of deliverance it's uh, I, I cannot free somebody from drug or or I cannot heal a, a woman from her traumas but it's all it's all supernatural so that's why we need we need we need prayers. And so we will appreciate your your prayers for us, and uh, yeah, that our ministry will continue to grow, develop, and that we will be. Also, we need a lot of wisdom how to help those people, and uh, and that we will be able to to help a big number of people and to introduce them to to Yeshua. Sure. Well, thank you, Dove. It's been amazing just to have that insight into your life and the ministry that you've you've worked on for so long. I just one one last question I would like to ask is, what do you love most about your ministry? Uh, I think that I uh, I like uh, seeing people helped. Like uh, I know people. You know, when I, when I saw them on the streets dying, and now I see them, you know, preaching, you know, having family, children, and, and 
and and and they would be they would be dead. So I think uh, a compassion, yeah, like uh, compassion, and then you see people changed, people helped, uh, and and then like regular uh, church people, you, you don't see such dramas, dramatic changes. Like if you want with no, normal people, okay, they become believers for sure. We all changing, we are born again, and so nice, and we all change. But but with the drug addicts, it's very dramatic. You know, you see them completely lost at the street, dying, and then and then you see a new man. Uh, yeah, and so it's compassion, and I like. Uh, I was. Thinking, what is uh, what is my gift? So at I, I, first, I thought it's maybe evangelism. I used to evangelize a lot. Then, then church, church planting. I was thinking I'm a church planter. But now, I understand that I like to start new projects. Maybe this is my uh, my calling. And now, when I'm, it's like a new baby. Right now, we having this immigrant. Well, we had the women, and I was so excited. And now we have the immigrants project, so I'm high again and I'm excited and something new. So, so maybe like de- development, I like to see grow, grow and development be used by the Lord. Mm. Well, definitely. I think God has <clears throat> definitely blessed your ministry and we can see it with all the different things that you do. It's wonderful to see so many people help. So. Thank you, Dov. It's been amazing to to hear all those stories. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you, Dov, for joining us today. And uh, it's hey, can I just chip in, David? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dov, thank you, uh, thank you so much uh, for that. Um, as, as you know, um, PFI will continue to pray and support the work that you. And also uh, for you, your personal leads, you and Olga. Um, so we we just uh, want to reassure you that um, this relationship um, with the Lord and, and with yourselves will continue. Um, I have the article about the new project, which is going into our prayer bulletin. Um, so our prayer partners will be able to understand a bit more about that project uh, with immigrants and. Um, Maybe in a couple of months, maybe after the summer, we can um, have you online again to talk to our prayer partners. Um, would that mm-hmm. be something you would be interested in sharing, mainly yes. about your, your new project? And um, we could have a time of prayer as well. Um, can we just pray for you, Dob, before we go? And um, okay. again, th- thank you for giving up your time today uh, to share with us uh, so much of what the Lord is doing with you um, and the ministry. Heavenly Father, we we just um, thank you for this time with with Dove. Uh, We we just thank you, Lord, that you've used him and continue to use him for your purposes, your kingdom. And uh, Lord, we just pray um, for his protection and for Olga as well, Uh, Lord, that you would watch over them as a family. Lord, that you would protect them and care for them and that they may know your presence, your continued presence in their lives. Lord, for the the ministry as well, we just pray that you would be um, 
you would protect that ministry as well. Lord, it's, it's a work that you established uh, through Dove and other people. And we just pray, Father, that it would be resourced and particularly this new uh, new work with immigrants, Lord. We just pray you would give Dove wisdom and you would open the doors um, that need to be opened to develop this new ministry. Um, so, Lord, we just thank you for the relationship uh, the PFI has with, with Dove and, and with this work. And uh, we just pray your blessing upon it, Lord, and, and your protection uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thank you very much again, Dov. We'll be in touch um, again with maybe some dates that you can speak to our prayer partners online um, and we can have a time of prayer. So thank you again. Okay. All right. God bless you, Dov. Shalom. Thank you. Shalom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.